Hi, I'm Jerry. And I'm Jess. Welcome to Waiting to Download, a podcast about race and gender in tech. This podcast was created by and for Christian women of color. This podcast is intended to equip and empower women of color to have open and honest conversations about the elephant in the room. This podcast is also for those who are new to or considering a career in a STEM field, from those who've experienced life on the inside. Though STEM careers can be financially rewarding, there are often barriers to entry and hurdles to promotion, especially for women of color. We want you, our listeners, to successfully navigate the murky waters of tech by taking you through the ins and outs, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We take a deep dive into inequalities, biases, and injustices that we've experienced firsthand and have been waiting to download. We pray that you will use what we share to avoid the not-so-obvious pitfalls and thrive in your career. Hi, I'm Jerry. And I'm Jess. Welcome to another episode of Waiting to Download. This is part two of a two-part series. In this episode, we continue our conversation with Alice on healing from traumatic work experiences. Alice has shared her story, what happened, and what the healing journey has been like for her. I also started to share my own story, and we pick up from there. Sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Well, let me finish. I guess uh, what I did to heal from that, I I did eventually um, go to therapy. I got counseling. Uh, Like you, I journaled, I meditated, you know, I I went to church. Um, But it took a long time, a very long time. And it's it kind of reminds me of, you know, how uh, bruises heal. Like it takes a bruise a long time, even though the the evidence of it, the you know, the the physical evidence of the bruise may be gone. There's still that, you know, if you put a little pressure on it, you can still, still feel it's still tender. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so I guess I had emotional bruises from this. Essentially, it took me a very, very, very long time. to. Um, to even want to go back. I, I wanted to quit. I mm-hmm. really, really did. Um, and the only reason I probably went back was because uh, the therapist said I was okay to go back to work. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I was, but who could I argue with? You know, I couldn't argue with her. Um, and at that time, the therapist was being paid for insurance yes. and all that. And so they had to kind of exactly give you the recommendation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And did go you go back. back to the same boss? Oh, wow. And that's when I got, it was, let's see, I went back in December, and I got laid off in July. Mm. So pretty shortly. Yeah. 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 And it was obvious when I went back, um, they did what's called a connect. And, you know, it was more of the same, you know, basically him trying to do a better job at documenting. But I'm like, you can't beat me documenting. I've had this extra job my entire career. There's no way you can be me documenting. <laughs> right. Oh, just to add, to, or hopefully to add to that, I will say that the second time somebody comes for you like that, mm-hmm. it's not as traumatic mm-hmm. because you're like, oh, I've seen this before. Exactly. Oh, that didn't happen the last time. So here's what I've got for you now. Right. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I think for me, there were quite a few situations, but to kind of looking back, 
they were all around the theme of um, microaggressions mm-hmm. that just compounded over time. And some of it is around um, the way I present myself during a meeting. Well, can you, can you define for our listeners what you mean by microaggressions? Microaggressions are um, small acts, either actions or words, mm-hmm. that um, have an impact and connote something deeper, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, a microaggression you, you probably have heard of is, oh, you're so articulate, mm-hmm. right? Barack. And, <laughs> and so what does that mean, right? right? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that's a, a micro- microaggression. Mm-hmm. For me, what I hear about a lot is um, I don't show up or I... Uh, um, to a meeting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I'm there, you know, and, and what they mean is I don't, I don't talk as loud as right. they expect me to. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the culture that um, I came from, it was very much bro culture, very, um, very white. And so people talked over each other quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get a word edgewise, then you're seen as weak. Yes, You're also seen as not having something valuable to contribute lacking confidence yeah lacking confidence Mm -hmm. even though most of the time the people that are talking are not subject matter experts they're just talking to hear the sound of their own voice (laughs) and and had nothing you know really valuable to contribute but and and don't you love it when they just repeat what you said and and claim credit for it exactly and it's like and then the other bro in the room would affirm that would only affirm someone that looks like them and Mm -hmm. said the same thing Mm -hmm. that you said, but, you know, because you don't look like them, mm-hmm. then you don't matter. Mm-hmm. And so years of being invisible, mm-hmm. it felt like. And even when I do show up, they don't give me credit, to your point. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so I was like, well, why? I don't understand. It was so confusing for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the other microaggression that I experienced a lot was um, I had ex- instances where a, a white male peer would not treat me with respect because I'm female. Mm-hmm. And, but, but he, would, he would treat my other peer working on the same project, the three of us are working on the same project, with respect. Mm-hmm. He would show up to that person's meetings, not show up to mine. Mm. He would not tell that person. That person was male? Yeah, that person okay. was white male as well. Mm. Um, he would tell that person, um, you know, really nice things, very complimentary things. And then he would ask me to run reports Wow. Even though we're all peers, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And so, I mean, just things like that where it was just very, you know, uh, yeah, treating me like I'm, I'm his admin. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened not once, not twice, but quite a lot. And over time with different people, it happened to me um, once with um, someone who's white. And then another time, it was actually an in-group thing. It was an Asian man that, mm-hmm. that did the same thing to me. And I reported these two instances at different times to HR. Mm-hmm. And HR was just very, like you, sub, um, dismissive mm-hmm. and said, oh, you don't, have enough, um, you don't have enough documentation because this was during a meeting. This wasn't, like, written, right? There's no written documentation. Interesting. And, uh, and you know, they would claim that they were upset for me, that these mm-hmm. things happened to me, but then do nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a point where um, I told my boss, I told the guy's boss, and then they were both like, well, but you didn't tell the guy yourself. You didn't confront him. And I was like, 
yeah, I don't want to confront him because I don't feel safe around him. Mm. And they just ignored that and put it on me. So that happened a lot, too. It was like a situation happens and it's put on me to resolve it. And it somehow ends up being my fault. Blame the victim. Mm -hmm. Blame the victim. Mm -hmm. It's the victim's fault. She didn't do this or that. Mm -hmm. She didn't smile enough. She didn't, you know, she smiled too much. Um, If you had gotten in his face and confronted him, then they would have started calling you controversial. Exactly. Angry or hostile. I was going to say, and I I totally cannot be controversial because I don't want to be seen as the angry black woman. Mm -hmm. Right. Because then they'll claim I felt unsafe or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Then you go about being a bit more, you know, demure than you would normally not yourself, right? Yeah. Whatever yourself might be at exactly. that time. Exactly. You know? And so so that really impacted me. And over time, it just really uh, drained me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you right. know, I it's think it's exhausting. It's exhausting because it's, exhausting mm-hmm. it's every single meeting. It's every interaction. And then knowing that no one has my back mm-hmm. uh, when I do report something. Um, and then, you know, I think uh, over time, I just couldn't, there was nothing left in me and I couldn't take it anymore. And so I, I did end up leaving on my own accord. Um, but it was it was a realization that it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. It was this culture, this larger culture that um, allowed that to happen, allowed it to happen repeatedly. Um, and there was really no one that wanted to change that. So what would you tell your younger self about that situation? What advice would you give to your younger self on how to deal with that? You know, it's tricky because when kind of like when you guys we were talking about your situations, there were no signs to mm-hmm. to tell you that that person was going to be like that. Like that right? mm-hmm. And so it was hard. So I, I, I don't know if I could. I think I would tell my younger self to have more discernment about um, how much to own mm-hmm. of the situation mm-hmm. and to to not internalize mm-hmm. it as being my fault. Mm-hmm. And and to not go, okay, maybe they're right. Maybe I, I, I did this. Or maybe I should just do run this report, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe it's, it's because I'm not technical enough. That's why he would rather meet with my colleague mm-hmm. than me, mm-hmm. you know? So, so it was, it was like, like this feeling of less than mm-hmm. that I've internalized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and when it wasn't true, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I would tell my younger self, no, you're not less than. Right. You're, you're equal to, or if not better. better. <laughs> I was just going to say better than that white guy over there. Mm-hmm. But, um, but because I, I, get, I got treated like that so many times, I started to believe them. And so I, I, you know, yeah, to your point, I would have told my younger self, no, don't believe the lies. Mm-hmm. Don't believe you're less than. So you said something really interesting, um, how HR basically said you didn't have your receipts. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I pay with credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, for our younger listeners, those that may be in college, um, I think it's important to know. And I don't know, I, I feel a little funny saying this. But HR is there to protect the company. That's right. Absolutely. And, and we all learn that lesson the minute you go to HR for help. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I, I don't want to badmouth HR, but their job is to protect the company from liability. It's not necessarily to listen to and hear your grievances, but it's to listen and hear them and figure out, you know, 
is there potential liability there? Yeah, and to see how much of it is going to be damaging, right? If you right. do sue, for example, is right. it going right. to, do you have enough exactly. evidence there? You know, another thing uh, I heard in your story I, about the whole admin note-taking thing, I'll never forget, I had a mentor, in, and actually uh, she was a former manager. Um, she passed not long ago, maybe about a year ago. May she rest in peace. But one bit of advice that she always gave me, she said, don't, don't take your laptop to meetings. Don't be the note taker. Because once you start taking notes, you will be expected to take notes. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you can take a, a pad of paper or whatever, but don't automatically become that note taker. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another role that they try to put on, on women mm-hmm. because they feel like, you know, women take better notes or whatever. Or like you said, they're less technical or not technical enough. Lord knows I've heard that a dozen times, but... <laughs> Yeah, I have the same perspective on the note Mm -hmm. note taking. Mm -hmm. Um, I just try not to be the person who's taking the notes Mm -hmm. in the meeting. It's one thing if it's rotated around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I never volunteer. I'm like, nope, Mm -hmm. I'm integral to this meeting. I'm here and you take notes. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Now, in terms of how I uh, have healed from that, I uh, took some time off after this all happened. I took about four months to just rest and and really um it was almost like a sabbatical where mm-hmm. i uh, i wasn't really thinking about what am i going to do next or or what the next steps are i just really rested and during that time i actually spent a lot of time sleeping mm-hmm. and i would wake up go to back to bed you know <laughs> and and i realized my body was tired and yeah. it was just it was like you know it had whole it was holding on to all this stuff for mm. years, and I just needed it to rest. Mm-hmm. And so I rested for a long time, and during that time, also prayed and sought counsel from some of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, I think as I was healing and and writing, my, I documented some of this in my my reflections in my blog. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really helpful. Um, and then gradually, as I was coming out of that time. Um, and and just being open to whatever God has for me next, I actually heard from companies, and uh, they sought me out, and I didn't even apply f- for the jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was again a trust thing because I was like, do I really want to go back to tech? You know, do I, or do I want to just be Mother Teresa and mm-hmm. and <laughs> and join a nonprofit? And my family's like, no, don't go to a nonprofit. You're not going to make enough money. Um, but, yeah, gradually uh, the, the opportunities that did open up were still in tech. And I, I took that as a sign because I was totally open to everything. Um, and, and it ended up um, being a good decision so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I've now been in uh, this company for a little over two years. And... I'm just amazed. I'm. I feel like it. It. You know. It wasn't expected. I didn't expect it to to work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, trauma. Still, you know, is mm-hmm. gonna happen again. Um, but so far, it's been really good. Been the exact opposite of my experience there. Um, plus more. Plus, you know, a lot more as far as what God is doing in my current. Nice. So for me, uh, after that experience, the second time. I was so over tech. I actually uh, transitioned and went into the financial services space. 
for two years and now I'm back in tech Mm -hmm. and I'm loving it again. You know, that whole experience had me thinking, okay, it's the industry. Um, You know, I'm just not cut out. I'm not fit. I'm I'm not a cultural fit, as they would say. But um, I just wasn't a cultural fit in that particular group for that particular company. Uh, The place I am now, I continue to heal. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm called on, you know, as I'm seen as an expert. I'm seen as a SME, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's subject just, matter expert. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And so it's, it's been a good thing. Um, it, it, it can be uh, overwhelming. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of, kind of night and day, but it can be a little overwhelming. But again, I'm, I'm still healing and still finding my place mm-hmm. uh, in the industry. Um, and having to rebuild my self-esteem after that experience, because it was just that shocking and jolting to mm-hmm. me. So, mm-hmm. but of course, you know, now that I think about it, there were years when it was up and it was down and it was, you know, oh, you're great. And then, oh, you're horrible. And, you know, everything in between. And so, Alice, to your point, um, you know, that whole anxiety around um, reviews, you know, that still linger. Yeah, it does. Yeah, still plagues me. Um, a couple points that you made, uh, the points that we're making here is that we keep going mm-hmm. and that it is up and down because after I was laid off from that corporation, I went to, I found another job, but it was uh, much lower. It was at much lower pay than the previous job that I had. But mm-hmm. uh, again, the self-conversation I had was it's not that I took a pay cut because the money I was making at the next check job was more than nothing, right? It was more than zero because I was unemployed. So Mm -hmm. I had to let go of what I had Mm -hmm. so I could keep going with what was presently there. Mm -hmm. So I had to change how I spent money. I had to be more circumspect. Mm -hmm. I had to adjust. And then um, amazingly, I got laid off from the job after the you know, my, my laid off of my second laid off of my second job, and I was so upset. And the thing, I was like, "This is the second time this has happened. I, do you, if there's something that's wrong with my work, and, then you not need to tell me because this is the second time this happened, and this isn't helping me at all." Mm-hmm. But it had nothing to do with me. It was about the company and the reorg and uh, dual roles or duplicate roles because mm-hmm. it had been bought out by merger, a larger yeah. company. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, um, but blessedly, the other thing that kind of the same thing that happened. A friend uh, recommended me at for another tech company. So just as that other job was winding down, this other company uh, reached out to me unbidden. And I got That's the great. job with the other, uh, the new company where my salary then went back mm-hmm. up and beyond yeah. what I was making at the first mm, uh, place. Nice. So to me, my lesson there, I mean, you know, my career isn't over and my work life isn't over, but um, it yeah. does provide some sort of, uh, reassurance to hang on there. No matter what, we still have to keep going. We still have to keep moving. We still get up every day or not every day, you know, because sometimes we have those moments where we're down and we don't get out of bed for the whole weekend or we don't get out of bed for a month. But um, all of that is part of the healing process mm-hmm. as we then get up and, you know, come mm-hmm. back out mm-hmm. to uh, be productive part of society again. Yeah. And I think, you know, great, great points. I think, you know, an overarching takeaway is that God restores. Mm 
Mm-hmm. That's right? right. We've all been restored to where we were, mm-hmm. you know, back mm-hmm. then. So we, we had a lull. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess there were some things that, you know, we needed to learn, um, some things that we need to experience. And, you know, because of that, we're able to share our experience now with our listeners. But at the end of the day, you know, don't despair. Don't give up. You know, keep it going. God restores. Amen. No, that's totally true. And I think the the um, stories that we've shared hopefully give people hope. Mm-hmm. Right. That no matter how bad it is, it's not the end. Right. Right. Because basically it's uh, do what you need to do to find the tools, the strength, the wherewithal to keep going. And sometimes that doesn't mean that you have to get keep going in the face of it, but you uh, can take a break. But then you get mm-hmm. up and start moving again. Yep. Excellent. Well, thank you, Alice, for joining us on our um, journey into healing from traumatic work experiences. Thanks for having me. I hope that uh, sharing my story helps someone else, especially some younger person. Keep going and keep striving and uh, totally believe in yourself. Keep believing in yourself. Do whatever you have to do to talk to yourself. Believe in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Bye now. in today. If you're enjoying our podcast, hit the like button and subscribe. You can also follow us on social media at Waiting to Download on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please share a podcast with your family, friends, and even your enemies. Waiting to Download is a podcast about race and gender in the tech industry. Opinions are our own and do not represent any organization we are part of.